Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend Anna, who's an investor relations specialist at Robocash, a peer-to-peer lending investing platform. Online peer-to-peer lending platforms are gaining popularity as they are giving investors an alternative form of investing their money. But they also get a bad reputation due to scams, and there is the ethical dilemma one can face when investing in them. So, what is peer-to-peer lending all about, and is it safe at all to invest in those platforms? These are exactly the topics we will explore with Anna today. She will explain the concepts in a very digestible way and we will discuss the pros and cons of peer-to-peer lending, what you should look out for, and we will also tackle the delicate questions about the ethics behind it. This episode is for you if you're new to investing in peer-to-peer lending platforms, if you have heard of it and want to know more, or simply because you're not yet sure if it's for you or not. And two quick disclaimers before we start. So I'm not a financial advisor, so whatever you hear is for entertainment and education purposes only. And secondly, this episode is not sponsored by Robocash. And now, without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Anna. How are you doing today? Hello, Jonathan. I'm doing great. How are you? Yes, I'm good. It's early morning here, 7 a.m., but uh, alive and kicking and uh, ready to roll with you. Uh, because we're going to talk oh, about yeah. uh, <laughs> peer-to-peer lending, uh, what it is, uh, what the risks are, etc. Because you are uh, the Investor Relationship Manager at uh, Robocash. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, sure. That's right. So basically what I do is I work for an, a European investment platform, which is called Robocash, as you mentioned, and uh, I work directly with investors. So I kind of talk to them, chat to them uh, on chats, social media, and uh, we also develop relationships with bloggers, with the media. So basically, we just make ourselves heard, we make ourselves uh, more popular, and we also make sure that investors are heard and we implement what investors want to see on the platform. So it works both ways. Okay, now very good. We will go into details on the platform uh, a bit later on, why I wanted to have you on is uh, to explain a bit what is peer-to-peer lending and uh, yeah, for whom it is, etc. Some basics, just to understand a bit the concept behind it, because I think it gets some bad press, huh? let's be honest. It gets a bit some skepticism. So is it is it for everyone or not? Uh, I think let's start straight away, Anna, with basically what is peer-to-peer lending? Okay. So peer-to-peer lending is uh, kind of a new concept on the investment market. So it's not as old as uh, bank deposits or stock shares, but still it's actively developing now. Mm -hmm. And um, so the core of it is so peer-to-peer lending. So one person lends money to another person, but just not directly. So we have a borrower on one end. So uh, this is a person who wants to borrow money. But uh, for example, there is a person and his car broke down. 
and he needs money right now to fix it because he needs the car for work and for, for life. But if he goes to the bank, it is probable that the process will take too much time because he needs a lot of documents and then the banks take some time to process it. And then there's a good chance that uh, the money will not be lent in the end. So this person can go to an alternative lending institution where the um, the process, the application process is a bit simpler. You need fewer documents and usually it takes one or two days to be processed and the chances are higher that you will get this money. So uh, this is how it ends from one end. So the borrower borrows the money from a lending institution so or a lending company. This company then goes to a platform and this platform collects money from investors. So basically, investors lend money to a person, but they have two uh, companies in the middle, a platform and a lender. Yeah, okay. But, but uh, then a question because let's say my car breaks down. So I say to the bank, look, uh, okay, I don't have 5,000 euros on my bank account. For what reason? So I go to the bank. They say, no, uh, sorry, no, or we need two weeks to process it, which is annoying because, okay, my car is, uh, is stuck sure. now, basically, and I need those 5,000, which I don't have. So I go to this uh, loan originator uh, institution, mm -hmm. and then they tell me, yeah, it's okay. You can have them tomorrow, and then, okay, your car gets fixed, so your problem is solved. But isn't there a risk because they will they might take me even without do they don't they do the proper checks or why is it how come it can be provided so fast? Yeah, so the thing is that banks are usually quite complicated uh, institutions with a lot of uh, paperwork, bureaucracy, and those lending companies are normally based online and they are more agile. In this sense, okay. so they have very advanced scoring systems, so they assess every borrower on thousands of different aspects, mostly collected from online and from the papers that he, he or she uh, give in. So this is why it's more, uh, this is why it's faster because it's of faster. the mechanisms. Yes. Okay. Because one critic um, that some people have uh, said is that, yes, but if you go for peer-to-peer, -peer, it's people with high-risk profiles. For example, okay, if I don't have those 5,000 euros or even less, let's say uh, even 1,500 euros for my car repair that I don't have today in my bank account. I mean, in Western Europe, it's uh, it's not a huge amount, but it's maybe not an amount that everybody has, but maybe it makes me a high risk if I cannot afford it uh, from my pocket or in a in a two pay, two months installment, for example. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, if we compare these borrowers to those who come to the banks, uh, yeah, the risk is a bit higher because banks they do have more um, complicated criteria. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, so these lending institutions, first of all, they do not give money out to everyone who asks for it. <laughs> of course not. Okay, okay. So they still have some scoring systems and. Um, yeah, so the risk is higher and uh, the returns are higher as well, just like with banks. For okay. example, the bank deposits give uh, much fewer returns okay. than here. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. And then, okay, then going one level a bit further, Anna, about the ethics, because this has been a bit the critic uh, on peer-to-peer -peer lending 
it's profitable of the poor people. Uh, I mean, I'm making it uh, in a comic way, but actually it's the critic and it's a question I've been asking myself. I mean, if I, uh, let's say I put, I invest uh, some money, am I not a bit profiting of uh, people who may not be as comfortable as me or uh, who may have already difficulties in, in their uh, personal lives? This is actually a very good question because we've been facing it and actually as employees of, uh, of a company who works with it, of course, you question yourself whether you're doing the right thing or mm -hmm. if you're harming someone. Exactly. And um, I would say that everyone decides for themselves, of course. The way I see it is uh, we do help people who cannot give this, who cannot get this help from any other source. So like in the example that I gave you, so you have an emergency situation, maybe something medical, maybe something with your car, your house, whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, you need money now and you go to a bank, but because you have uh, maybe some low credit score or just for some reason the bank doesn't give you the money, but you still need it. So what are you going to do? And uh, in my view, you still have a chance to get this money even though it goes with higher uh, higher interest rate, but still it's a way to get along. And people do that. And for example, our uh, repeat customers uh, rates, I mean, for lending companies, of course, not for investment, but for lending companies, it shows that people are returning. So if it were so bad, people probably would not do that again and again. They would go maybe to some other sources, to brands. I don't know. But... As I see it, we give people help that they need when they cannot get it from anywhere else. Okay, no, very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this clarification. I really wanted to ask this question. So yeah. I think it's important. And uh, yeah, thank it you. It is. It is important. Yes. Yes. And, and then, okay, moving on. So I think you explained the basics quite, uh, quite easily. Now I'm, I'm wondering, in general, we touched already a little bit on it. So what are the pros? I mean, as an investor, because I think the, the listeners are more into the investing, uh, on the, uh, listening from the investing perspective. So mm -hmm. from the investing perspective, what would be then the pros and the cons of investing, of, uh, yeah, of entering the peer-to-peer -peer investing world? So the, the pros, I would say, well, first of all, it's convenient because you only need your computer, well, your bank account, <laughs> of course, and it's quite easy. So you just uh, sign up on a website, you upload your ID or passport photo, and uh, if all goes well, if you're verified, you can start investing and it's all completely online and um it's passive because uh, once you uh, got the money into the account and uh, you set up your portfolio, so basically you just choose the settings, the interest rate, the, uh, the term in which you would like to invest, maybe some countries. So you set it up and basically you can live it and the money is working for you. Of course, you should check up on it from time to time uh, just to see what maybe something changes on the platform just to see if everything's okay but you don't have to watch it every day mostly so uh so it's easy quite easy it's passive and uh also the liquidity is quite good mm -hmm. uh because you uh, first of all you can choose the loans to invest in like 
seven days, 20 days, so it's not much. Um, so you put in your money in a seven-day loan. After seven days, you get your money back and you're free to go if you want to. And there is also secondary market, which is an option that many platforms offer, which means that if you buy a loan, for example, for a year, so you invest your money to be there for a year, but then you change your mind and you can sell this loan to another user. Within that year? Yes, yes, yeah. before the okay. year ends. Yeah, good. And, um, and I'd say low volatility. It's also pro because when you invest, you know the interest rate and it will not change on the way, even after a year. So uh, Okay, so you commit to uh, an investment of, let's say, 8% that you see. So you, you commit your money to it. It doesn't change over the year. It's 8%. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is normally how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, this is what I see, at least on our platforms. Yes. So you can kind of predict uh, how how much you will get at the end of the term, something that you cannot do with uh, ETFs or uh, stock shares or uh, or crypto, which is very popular now, but it's very volatile. And in mm -hmm. P2P, you do not see things like that. And maybe the returns. So the returns are about 10% on the European market now, which is quite good given that it's something you can count on normally. Okay, very good. And then these were the advantages or the pros. So what are the, the cons or uh, yeah, what are the risks, let's say? Yeah, of course, uh, there are risks. And uh, well, any investment is a risk. And uh, P2P in particular, it is considered high risk investment. But I'd say, like I said before, that the market is developing and uh, investors are getting more experienced and uh, it's getting less risky. Mm -hmm. Still, now it is considered as high-risk investment. And uh, the first risk that is quite obvious that if you lend money to somebody, this somebody may not give it back. <laughs> so... But this risk is covered by most platforms by the so-called buyback guarantee, mm -hmm. which means that, so there is a due date. If the borrower does not give money back uh, on this due date, after a certain period, you will still get this money back together with the interest because the lending company is obliged by the legal documents to repay this money to you. Okay, because here, uh, just to break it down a little bit, uh, to make sure if I understand correctly. Mm -hmm. So in to, to go back to the example of uh, my car that breaks down and I need a, a loan. So I go to this lending institution, which is partner with the RoboCash, for example, or any mm -hmm. other Mintos or uh, sure. any other competitor. So I go, but then in the end, I get this uh, 1,500 euros or 5,000, but then I cannot pay it. Somehow, uh, whatever, I lose my job or um, whatever, I cannot pay. So basically... My car maybe is fixed, but I cannot pay back. So the, the people that have invested, uh, the, the investors, they say, oh, but okay, I'm defaulting. Maybe I got a little bit of interest at the beginning, but now I don't get my uh, principal back. So what happens then is, so what you're saying is that it's, you can still get it thanks to the buyback guarantee. Uh, yes, that's the way it should work ideally. Mm -hmm. And that's how it works in most platforms, as far as I know, or at least in our platform, it does work like this, that yeah, you get the principal and also the interest rate, uh, the, the interest for the period. So basically, you do not lose it. Okay, that's uh, good. Because you know, the thing is with banks, just to go back to, to that, what you said in the beginning, 
Mm-hmm. It's complicated, but there's a bit more insurance there uh, in terms of your money deposited, your savings account, let's say. Okay, it doesn't <laughs> deliver much. 0.11 in Belgium, for example, or something. But it's guaranteed, okay? Up to 100,000 euros in most countries in Western Europe, at least. And uh, in the US, I think it's uh, relatively similar. It's uh, FDIC insured. Now, with peer-to-peer, you say there is a buyback guarantee, but I thought it was a risk as well, depending on the platform. So um, can you tell us a little bit here uh, what the guarantees are? Because this depends on the companies and not it's not government insured or bank insured or something. So can you explain a little bit how that works? Mm-hmm. Yes. So this uh, this guarantee is basically a legal obligation. So when you purchase a loan, you mm-hmm. get this document, which is called loan agreement. And in this loan agreement, you basically made a, make a contract with uh, the lending company to kind of repurchase this loan from them. Mm-hmm. And it states that if uh, if the lending company does not return the money to you on the due date after a certain period, 30 days, 60 days, 90, it is obliged to give it back to you. As for some reserve fund or something like this, like <laughs> how exactly do I know that this company doesn't go default and just says... Yes, because this is depending on the funding, I mean, on the financial strengths of the company. I mean... Nothing else. So if the company is strong, fine, then it works. But if the company is not fine, unfortunately, the buyback guarantee is a marketing argument then. Yes, I agree with that. And uh, this is where we come to actually another risk. So when the borrower is not paying back, Mm -hmm. but the lending company is healthy, we do get the money and it's all good. But if the lender is not healthy or the platform is not doing well, this is another risk. Yes. And uh, this is a bit more complicated because we, I think, you know, and... um, that uh, the legislation in this sphere is still developing. It's not Mm -hmm. yet set like with banks. And uh, some platforms aim for uh, particular licenses or have already gotten them. Uh, But this is not uh, unified, I'd say. And uh, yeah, so the way you could uh, leverage this risk or somehow mitigate it is practically by checking the uh, financial reports of the lender or and the platform as well. And it's mm-hmm. best if they're audited and they should and must be published on their website openly so that you can check. So one thing is that they publish these reports at all on regular basis. And if they're audited, it's good also. And also you need to check, of course, the revenue and the net income because if you see that the reports are not so good, well, probably that's that's a reason to think about something. Um, so yeah, so the way you mitigate this risk is just by checking the financial reports if they're available. If they're not, well, it's probably the risk you're taking. Yeah, sure, sure. And it's very important as well, um, I mean, as investors to, to do your research, but as well for the platform or the the providers to to be as transparent as possible. I know some platforms do show their financials, which is good because then you you you, you feel safer. I mean, at least you first they show, so they are not afraid. Secondly, okay, then you 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 do your analysis and you see, okay, they have a net profit, they have reserves, so mm-hmm. they, they can right. meet their financial obligations. So that that's a reassurance. Okay, now very good. Sure. I think that's uh, thank you for that. 
And now, Anna, uh, one question. Okay, I think we, we, we went, we covered already quite some ground. And mm -hmm. now, in terms of investing, uh, I, I was wondering one thing. So who are, are your um, customers? I mean, your, the investors, what profile is, is the people? Is it young people, uh, older people, younger people, millennials, Z, Gen Z? Uh, I mean, just the age range and then a bit the average, or if you can give some numbers on uh, how much they invest in general, the average portfolio or something like this, just to have an idea of who your um, customers are. Yeah, so our customers mostly, as, as you mentioned, are the millennials. So uh, they're from probably 25 to 45 years old is mm -hmm. the, the biggest part of our audience. And yeah, then, of course, we do have the Gen Z, which is the part is quite small, but mm -hmm. it's growing slowly. Uh, but I think it's attributed also to the age because you need to be at least 18 years old to start investing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but not many 18 year olds actually do that. Of course, we do have older generations as well. We have uh, people over 70, 80, even 90 um, investing on the platform. And uh, yeah, we also have whole families, husbands, wives, uh, children and where are the where are the people based i mean in, in western europe russia or uh, i don't know uh, eastern uh, europe <laughs> uh, eastern europe as well no uh, mostly it's europe because we are working on the territory of uh, your the european union under its laws so for example we cannot serve people from norwegia uh, sorry norway <laughs> <laughs> but we do serve people from switzerland and the uk Okay. those that are from, from outside. And uh, so the average portfolio, as far as I remember, is about 3,000 euros. But we do have different categories of people, for example, who come and they start with, I don't know, 500 euros, but then they gradually increase their portfolio or they stay where they are. So, yeah, but the average, I think, is 3,000 yeah. euros. And what would you say, I mean, uh, just peer-to-peer -peer, um, lending, investing in general, I mean, who should invest? Who should not invest? Uh, yeah, that's, that's maybe a, a tough question. one, but, uh, you know, peer to peer, you know, when you talk about investing, I mean, I, I know some listeners, for example, it's already, um, how can I say, a big step to start investing in a stock market, for example. So, mm -hmm. um, so, and that's, let's say, the more traditional way of investing. So it's already hard. Now, peer to peer investing should that be the, the first step to invest, uh, to start investing at all? Or should the one start with more traditional stuff before going into peer-to-peer? -peer? Can you share your thoughts on that, on this uh, aspect? This is actually a really good question uh, because I think peer-to-peer, -peer, it's obviously not for everyone, but mm -hmm. I think that everyone should try it at least and make their <laughs> own opinion. I mean, this is not just a way of promotion, but I think mm -hmm. that's uh, that's really true because you never know till you try, of course. But yeah, if we get more serious, I think you can start if you have no experience in investment and just some basic knowledge. Of course, if you do not have any knowledge on this, you should not start with any investment but if you have some basic knowledge you could try p2p as your first asset with some small amounts of money because the entry threshold is also very low you can start with just a couple of euros literally and it's quite simple yeah that that makes it easy i can imagine for a gen z uh, or somebody that is 18 19 years old because they think okay i, I cannot buy a share of tesla because it's a thousand dollars 
or a share of any other company because it's 300 uh, euros or dollars. Mm-hmm. And with peer-to-peer, usually you can enter with as little. I mean, I'm investing not in RoboCash, but uh, in a competitor platform uh, that I've known for a few years. And it's uh, you, you can enter for 50 euros in Europe easily or 100. So you can put 100. So it's easy to do. Yes, that definitely is. And uh, yeah, actually, you can literally start <laughs> with two, five or 10 euros. But of course, it won't give you much profit. It will just show you the way it all works. You can try it with just some real money, but not really risky. Uh, so I think it, it can be a start for somebody who wants to start investing, but doesn't want to fiddle with stocks, who's afraid of stock shares or cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. for example, but want something more than just a uh, bank deposit. Um, so sure. I think this can be a start. And then once you try it, you can decide whether to increase your exposure or to diversify your portfolio, which of course is a must. So uh, so if you invest with P2P, you, you need to diversify. And this is also another way. So if you're already investing in something more traditional, you can try P2P lending to diversify your portfolio because like I said, it's quite passive. I know I have some friends who invest and I see how they follow the stock shares rates, exchange rates like every hour of their lives. And uh, it's a mess. Yes, indeed. And it doesn't help uh, any further unless they are trading like madmen. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. But you, you mentioned passive. I mean, I prefer passive in general. Huh? So. <laughs> Yes, and I totally understand it. And I stay away from uh, dangerous stocks as well because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to stress out about this. Exactly. So with, yeah, with P two P, it's uh, it doesn't have to be like this. You can check like every week, every two, once every two weeks, just to see what changes and that everything's all right with your portfolio. That you have no uninvested funds, for example. So maybe the settings are wrong or something, but it shouldn't be every day. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I think that's that's whom it suits best. Mm, so both for, for, for beginning investors and for those who want to diversify. Yes. Okay. Okay, very good. So n- now let's move on to RoboCash, the platform itself. I have not used it, but okay, I, I've uh, checked some reviews uh, before. And uh, that's why I, I was uh, saying, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because you, I mean, to me, I have not seen the name very much. I, I've seen uh, mostly others, like Mintos, <laughs> for example, sure. who are very popular and it works well and they're, they're very well known. And Robocash, I have not seen as much publicity yet, or maybe it has not reached me. So, so what's the story behind Robocash? Uh, because of what I saw is that it started in 2013 and then it went live as a platform in 2017. So what's the idea behind it? Uh, can you shed us a little bit of, of light on the story of RoboCash? Yeah, <laughs> gladly. Hmm. Um, so yes, as you mentioned, the story, the whole story started in 2013, but it started not for the platform, but for our parents holding RoboCash Group. Uh, so 2013 is when the first lending company launched uh and then another so it was in russia then we started another one in kazakhstan and in other countries of southeast asia long story short uh now our parent holding robocash group has uh eight 
lending companies uh, in different countries, mostly it's South Asia. It also has one in Spain and it also has the lending platform <laughs> our, ourselves, which was launched in 2017. So basically very soon <laughs> we're having our fifth birthday. And uh, the idea behind the platform was to attract funding for these lending companies uh, to, yeah, just to develop further. <laughs> to de Where is the company based? I forgot to ask. Uh, yeah, so RoboCash is based in uh, Croatia. Croatia. Now, yes. And uh, the team is working from different uh, countries, different places. Uh, so some of us are working, most of us are working from Russia because the holding has uh, Russian roots mm -hmm. and the, uh, yes, but uh, I'd like to emphasize it that although the holding does have Russian roots, it is now headquartered in Singapore legally. So the, the uh, holding company is located in Singapore and the platform is, is registered and located in Croatia. So no investor money uh, go to Russia in any way because they circulate between um, the European bank accounts and the accounts of uh, lending companies, which do not include Russia. So if I open an account today, basically I send my money to an EU account or to a Singaporean account. So you will send this money to, <laughs> okay, that's a funny story because initially we started in Latvia. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the platform was uh, founded in Latvia, but then we moved to Croatia because the uh, the conditions were more favorable in that okay. country, mm -hmm. but the bank is still in Latvia. Okay, so I would send money to Latvia, basically. Yes, okay. to Latvia and then to the country where you want to invest to. So now you can invest in Singapore, Kazakhstan, Spain, and uh, the Philippines. <laughs> but do I send then my money straight to Philippines? No, you send them to Latvia and then it is sent to the Philippines. Internally, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah internally, right. Okay. And how does it work with monitoring all those countries? Because... I mean, I guess it's not easy and there's different regulations. So how, how does that work? I mean, how how is the functioning behind the scenes of uh, RoboCash then? Actually, it's very convenient and it's really important that we are all inside one holding. Mm -hmm. So uh, so we're not a marketplace that onboards some third-party lending companies. Now we work with, with our own companies, which means that we can monitor, we know internally what happens with all of our lenders and uh, we know their financials because they're all our own companies. So um, we monitor them mm -hmm. and uh, we also have uh, local people, local employees, professionals in the market so that we know that everything's all right there. Not just we as uh, Russians or Kazakhstan people come to the Philippines and start business here. No, we have some local professionals as well. Yeah, no, no, that's very important as well. And then um, one question, then a marketing question. Mm -hmm. For example, okay, there are some other platforms which are maybe more known than yours uh, today. So what makes RoboCash different then? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question because I'd say our biggest advantage here is precisely the fact that we are working inside our own um, holding group, mm -hmm. which is not a unique model because there are other platforms that work that work in the same way, but. Every one of those platforms, including us, has its own, I'd say, its own way 
of developing because we all have different countries to invest to different strategies as of the holding itself. So, for example, for RoboCash Group, we are now aimed precisely at Southeast Asia and we know how to work there and we have good financial mm -hmm sorry, financial statements, so the, the reports, and we publish them and we have our plans to develop there. So some other uh, platforms that work with seemingly the same model within their own holding, they have other vector of uh, development. So I think being inside our own holding and being mm -hmm. uh, profitable and uh, quite well off and knowing what we do and where we're going is what makes us stand out. Mm, no, very good. Uh, thank you for that. And I checked your financials briefly because they're on your website. It's transparent. Uh, no, it's uh, in a very uh, good growing trend with a increasing net profit. So, so that's quite good. Uh, and it makes it uh, look safe uh, as well as investors. One question I have is um, in Europe, I don't know if there are, I mean, maybe you know, uh, if there are talks about uh, regulating the space of peer-to-peer -peer lending or the crowd lending space, etc. Uh, do you know where we are on this or if there is some progress to, to be expected this year? If I may ask, do you mean uh, the RoboCash in particular or the market as a whole where we are now? The market as a whole, if there is a regulation at the EU level or a, a government level in general, I don't know if you if there are some updates there. Oh, to tell you the truth, I'm not really into this uh, juridical stuff, but I know that, uh, yes, the EU is developing the regulation on crowdfunding and crowd lending, mm -hmm. which are similar to P2P. Yes. And, uh, but as far as I know, it's it hasn't been implemented yet fully, but it's being developed. It has been developing for a couple of years now, as far as I know, but it's not yet set. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then maybe one last question, uh, because okay, I mentioned uh, your financials are getting better, so so it's uh, very good for you, um, and congratulations. Uh, and what <laughs> would you say is the um, how come you're so successful? Is it a general market trend, or is it just a RoboCash uh, growing, expanding in in various countries? Uh, what what are the factors behind the success? I'd say, well, it's the market, of course, but still you need to be able to navigate this market because we mm. know quite a number of stories where lending companies didn't shuffle it. For example, in 2020, in the first half of 2020, when everything was uh, quite bad in the world. So what we do is... We try to monitor everything very closely, especially when there's crisis, and we want to be as fast as possible to react to those changes. And um, we have strategies prepared before some crisis strikes. So uh, if we need it, if we need to, we can cut some costs, we can refocus, we can uh, change our marketing strategy fast, not. Take into okay, so it's back a bit to this uh, agility then. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, no, very good. Okay, well, um, Anna, I want to thank you. I think that we, we come at the end of the show. I want to thank you for uh, all the precious information you gave us. I think it gives a, a good, ex I mean, you gave good explanations. I think it, you made it quite comprehensible. I mean, it may not be an easy topic for everyone. And I think you, you made it uh, quite simple uh, in your own words uh, for the listeners to understand. So thank you. 
But before I let you go, we always have our three quick fire questions, as you may know. Are you ready? Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm ready. Very good. So the number one question is, what has been your best investment so far? Uh, <laughs> so my best investment, it's not quite uh, traditional. It's investment in my knowledge of languages. First of all, I think, because I, I speak uh, three languages apart from Russian and uh, I really love it. And it opens up a ton of possibilities for you culturally. Uh, you get to read books, watch movies. You you meet a lot of new people whom you couldn't meet when you if you didn't speak that language. So it's a great investment. Oh, excellent, because it's one I, I never heard before and it's an important one as well. So what languages do you speak? Uh, well, so my native language is Russian, and I also speak English, obviously, and then <laughs> Spanish and German. Oh, very, uh, very good languages to, to know. Oh, excellent. And then the number two question is, um, it's always the same. It's what is a book you can recommend to everyone, and it does not need to be a financial book. Yeah, to tell you the truth, I'm not really into uh, nonfiction because it, it's, uh, it doesn't relax me. But I do that if I have to. I understand. I, I, uh, depending on the book, I try not to read them at weekends. Yeah. Um, well, to me, something I would recommend will be, well, a fiction book. I think that would be The uh, Martian Chronicles by Red Bradbury, which is practically, this is a set of short stories, and I really like short stories, uh, but they are all happen, they all happen in the same setting of Mars colonization. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like it from the psychological side, because the way the colonizers treat the Martians, the way they treat their planet and the new planet, and even the way people treat each other in the future when they are colonizing another planet. This is very interesting. And I think this is something that is happening right now. And it makes you think whether we would be ready to colonize anything before we learn to to treat each other with, with respect. Okay, very good. Uh, excellent suggestion. Uh, and then the last question is, what is a purchase you can uh, recommend for uh, below 100 euros? Uh, <laughs> this is actually something. So when I made this purchase, this was below 100 euros. I'm not sure uh, it's, it's the same now because the inflation is not stopping. Uh, but for me, it was my Kindle book, so electronic book. And it's just the best thing that happened to me <laughs> under 100 euros. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, because it's really convenient. I really love it because uh, I like reading before I go to bed, but I mm -hmm. don't like doing it with a smartphone or notebook, sorry, a laptop. Uh, because it, uh, well, it hurts your eyes and it makes you more tired if you know about circadian mm -hmm. rhythms and so on. Uh, so I really like it. And also you ha you get to have the whole library with yourself wherever you go, especially when you travel often or if you move from one place to another. And you get the access to many books in many different languages, which is more complicated if you want to buy a physical copy. For example, here in Russia, it's difficult to buy a Spanish books. But with an electronic book, it's <laughs> the world is your oyster. Yeah, no, very good. Uh, excellent uh, advice. And I can tell you that I bought mine below 100 euros uh, lately. So like one year ago, uh, it depends on the yeah. sale. So 
it's poss it's still possible. Good, and I totally <laughs> recommend to do that. It's worth it. Yes, so uh, we talked about RoboCash, uh, obviously. So where can people find out more about RoboCash or about you, uh, Anna? Uh, how can they contact you? <laughs> okay, uh, I can be contacted through LinkedIn or Facebook. You can find me there. And um, you can also find our communities there on Facebook, on LinkedIn, or just visit our uh, website. And there you will see the links to all our communities and a YouTube channel, by the way. So if you have any questions left, I'm open to them. So you can contact me there. Okay, perfect. I'll link it all up in the show notes anyway. And then so uh, the people can contact you or at least uh, get in touch with RoboCash, see if it's something for them or not. And uh, then uh, I want to thank you again and uh, I wish you a nice day further. Thank you for being such a wonderful host. It was a real pleasure to be there with you. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope your audience will enjoy it. So I'm sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Enjoy your day as well. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. And if you found it useful, please make sure you share it with a friend or you can also rate the show in your favorite podcast app. This will help the show to grow. So if you do so, thank you very much. And now let's go through the key takeaways for today. Number one, what is peer-to-peer -peer lending? So in short, it is when one person lends money to another through a third party. The problem actually comes from the fact that banks take a long time to process loan applications. This is due to heavy processes, bureaucracy, and you may have faced it when you uh, applied for a mortgage, for example. And then on the other hand, you have those alternative lending institutions that only take a day or two to grant you the loan with an easy application process, thanks to more agility and advanced credit scoring systems. Yeah, so in short, the peer-to-peer -peer lending platform collects the money from the investors and lends it to the borrowers. Number two, am I profiting from the poor by investing in those platforms? Well, indeed, the risk profiles of the borrowers are higher than with traditional banks, but Keep in mind that these institutions and these lending institutions also evaluate the risk of default. It's not a black or white answer, as we talked during the episode, but peer-to-peer -peer lending is a way to help those people to get money faster when they cannot get it from somewhere else. Number three, what are the pros and cons of investing in peer-to-peer -peer lending platforms? The pros, well, it's convenient, it's easy to sign up on the website, it's quick, and it's relatively passive once the portfolio is set up. Liquidity is quite good because you can choose the term. Is it a, a seven-day loan, a 30-day loan, a year loan? And there's the secondary market as well. So you can sell your loan during the term. There's a low volatility. You know what returns you can expect. And talking about returns, the returns are good. They are about 10% in the European market. Now, what are the cons or the risks? Well, it's still a high-risk investment, although the market is developing and it should become less risky in the long term. One of the main risks is the risk of default, uh, if, the, if the borrowers do not pay back their loan. And then there's the buyback guarantees, which can be a risk depending on the financial solidity of the platform. And at the moment, uh, one last risk, there is no unified legislation yet at the European level, which can help to protect investors as there is with uh, the deposits on your bank accounts, for example. And then last but not least, who should invest in peer-to-peer -peer lending platforms? It can be for both beginners and more experienced investors, but it is not for everyone. According to Anna, everyone should try as there is a low barrier to entry and you can always experiment with a couple of euros to see how it works, provided that you did your research and you understand how it all works. It can be as well for someone who's afraid of the volatility of the stock markets 
or crypto in general. And then it can be as well for a more experienced investor. If you are already investing, then you can as well diversify even further with peer-to-peer -peer lending. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.